May I speak in the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. And so at the start of this Mass, I mentioned that we are journeying through the week of prayer for Christian unity, praying that the Church may be one rather than all the divided parts. Christian unity is something we like the idea of, but the challenges of it can be quite significant. We can all have, I find, our own preconceptions, our own prejudices sometimes of what other parts of the Church of Jesus Christ might be, and then we sort of retreat into, this is how we've done it, this is how we're comfortable, this is what's always happened here, and I'm not sure about everything else. Throughout my journey to this point, I've had so many experiences of that, hearing people from one part of the church proclaim, you're not a real Christian if you can't speak in tongues. Anyone else ever heard that? A couple of sort of almost nods. I went to a priest to discuss that. A priest who's now a bishop, in fact, will know that's not the case at all. And then I remember being once in an evangelical free church meeting in a church hall, and the preacher there was speaking about he'd been in Spain on holiday, he might have been into one of the big cathedrals. And he just looked around at all the beauty and all the exuberance, and he just prayed, God, how could they get it all so wrong? And he said, I heard a voice back from God. And what makes you so sure you've got it all so right? I remember that, I don't remember anything else from the preaching when I spent some time in that church, but just that, that word, how have they got it so wrong? What makes you so sure you've got it all so right? And that comes back to me time and time again in my own journey and my own opinions of what is and isn't right in worship. What makes you so sure you've got it right and they've got it so wrong? Of course also we, from a more Catholic tradition, refer to, well, they're not there, happy clapping. So happy and clapping, that's a positive thing surely, but it's sort of said in such a way as criticising that they're not, it's not, it's not really right, it's not right, it's not proper, they've got, they've got guitars and drums and things, that's, can't do that in worship, we should have organ. Or singing a cappella which we're going to have to do for the next few weeks, actually, because Diane's got to have an operation on her eyes. So we've got to get used to singing without the organ. But we get set in, this is what we're used to, and this is sort of the only way. And even within the Anglo-Catholic tradition of the church, we have the same happening. Those who feel that women can be ordained as deacon, priest, and bishop, and those who feel that's not possible to name but one example. Discussions which go on to this day and beyond. And we can retreat into tribalism. This is our tribe, this is how we're comfortable, this is how we like doing things and everything else. Well, I'm not so sure about that. One of the joys for me, sort of identifying as an Anglo-Catholic charismatic, is ministering across at St. Philogs and uh, St. Gladys's two different styles and being able to do both authentically, not saying this is right, this is wrong. On Tuesday I was reflecting on this a little bit. I spent time with our sisters and brothers up at our healing church in Pont Martin in the morning, chatting, exploring faith. And then in the evening, 
afternoon, depending on which time zone you're looking at. I met with clergy colleagues, Anglican clergy, from South Africa, Canada, Texas, and England, and chatting through bits of church practice, bits of theology, bits of how are things done, why are things done. It was fascinating, exploring the breadth of the Anglican communion. And that's just with those who are vaguely Anglo-Catholic. Of course, this last week you may have seen our sisters and brothers in the Church of England with the bishops meeting about same-sex marriage, whether that could be blessed in church or whether they could be even officiated at in church, and the rejoicing and the hurt and the confusion from what's been said. It all seems to be causing division after division in the church, whereas we see in the start of 1 Corinthians, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you should be in agreement, there should be no divisions among you. You should be united in the same mind, in the same purpose. We should be united in Jesus Christ, not letting other things pull us apart. But across denominations, across provinces, across different Christian traditions, we see these divisions happening. It does almost end up in tribe, this group or that group. So I was quite struck by that reminder of Paul saying, what does it mean, each of you says, I belong to Paul, I belong to Apollos, I belong to Cephas, I belong to Christ. I belong to this group. Not the church universal, but this little group. I hear it sometimes. Are you Catholic or Christian? Well, Catholics are Christians. They want to say, I'm, I'm Anglican or Baptist or Methodist or Catholic. They don't like the word Christian because, well, that doesn't suggest a little division. And we all do it, don't we? To some extent. What we belong to. In spite of being part of this ministry area, we'll identify we're part of St. Philox, or even we're part of the group which was at St. Tylos, or was at St. Michael's, worships at St. Aidan's, or Our Lady at St. Andrew's. This group, not the wider group. In fact, it's interesting when we meet with different churches together at a meeting, maybe at a ministry area group or deanery group. You have all those who worship at one church all sitting together in a little group and talking together. And you've got this church over there, this church over there, this church over there. We're all together, but so we're not because we're all sat in our little groups. This last few years has been unsettling, hasn't it? The pandemic, the change of clergy, the coming together as a ministry area, and then the wondering who's going to be our new bishop. Of course, our new bishop, Bishop Mary, was announced this last week. One of the thoughts of a bishop is they are a figure of unity for the diocese. A person you can, the diocese can gather around. Not sort of like a monarch, but actually they are the person that we all pray for, we're all united with. But uniting around someone can be difficult. Because we're not sure what they think about that, we're not sure about that, we quite like the old one. What about five bishops back? They were quite good, weren't they? Because we all have our own prejudices, our own backgrounds, our own experiences. I admit, when I, when I go on holiday somewhere, I'm quite picky about which church I go to. 
and we want to make sure the liturgy is going to be done quite well. The style I like. I should actually let go of that really and go to something completely different, but I find that difficult. The season of Epiphany, moving towards Candlemas, is a season of revelations, revealing who Jesus is. And this is continued in the Gospel. We hear Isaiah, the first reading, quoted. The people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. For those who sat in the region and shadow of death, light has dawned. Jesus is revealed. And then we see Jesus saying, follow me. Follow me. Who or what? Do we follow? Who or what do we belong to? And I mean truly following, not like following a football team or a rugby team or the national rugby team or anything. Who we are really following. Who we are united with. Surely that should be Jesus Christ. We see Simon, Peter and Andrew, to name but two. They went to different places, they found different churches after Jesus' ascension. But they founded churches of Jesus Christ as the gospel was spread throughout the world. Not the gospel of Simon Peter, not the gospel of Andrew, but the gospel of Jesus Christ. Resulting in the end with this church of St. Philos being built. Follow me, said Jesus. Not follow someone else. Follow me. That was a call to those first disciples. And that is a call to us too. Follow me. Not follow St. Philox's church or St. Aidan's church. Not follow Our Lady and St. Andrew's church. Not even follow St. Philox's former church or St. Michael's former church. Much as they are important in our faith journey. Follow Jesus Christ. Whether that is in this church building, whether that is elsewhere in the ministry area, elsewhere in the diocese, elsewhere further afield as we continue in our journeys as Christians. Follow me, said Jesus. Let us, as a district, as a congregation, as a community, as a ministry area, Put aside our differences. Gather around our new mission. Gather together with Christians of other traditions too. And follow Jesus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.